Jay sold a business with uh, Russian buyers, a Russian yeah. corporation buying. This was right before Russia attacked uh, Ukraine and before we started limiting, you know, who we can who we can work with in Russia, yeah. you know. And it would that deal have happened, you know, two months later. I mean, I think that deal could have been at, at risk. Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Kavanaugh, joined, as always, by the president of Apex, Doug Hubler. I said your name correctly oh gosh, this week, you. got yeah. both first and last name. You did, you did a great job. After, yeah, I know Doug is difficult, isn't yeah, it? Doug was difficult right and I got it got it right. Wanted to thank our guest last week, Sean Kincaid. Sean came in, shared a lot of great information. He inspired mm-hmm. me. Yeah. In in what way? To be more granular with, with some of my plans and you know, I kind of have a little bit of a saying of what got you here won't get you there. So as we progress, yeah. the things that at certain levels were good are no longer the things that will get you to the next level. And as I set my goals for 2023, the goals aren't to be, well, I hope I can just replicate what I did last year mm-hmm. and that everything is identical to last year. No, I have goals around completion percentage yeah. and getting things to the the finish line and I you know I understand that in this business it's a hundred percent it's never gonna happen right the deals will fall through and yeah but, and I think it's hard you know when you, I think it's good what you, what you're looking at is not necessarily how many deals I'm gonna get done because that's really hard to gauge in our business but what have I what have I done in my productivity what am I yeah. doing every day to do better. And I think what you learned this year, it was a great year for you, and that there are lessons learned in each of those deals, too, that you can carry forward. So. Yeah, and I think looking at, and you and I have a list in front of in front of us, and it is sorted in descending order by size of deal. Mm-hmm. That's where the challenge for me comes, is the size and scope. Right is what I'm looking at is, okay, if I do the a few more deals than I did last year, and they and I'm more selective, we definitely have a buyer well, type. What those, we target, I guess. Yeah, and those buyers yeah. are looking for specific things. And if you're mm-hmm. outside of that, if you're outside of those buyer criteria, whether that be size, right. cash flow, mm-hmm. industry, you know that yeah. type of thing, it becomes a diff, it's a difficult job. Sure. Whereas if you're bringing stuff in where I think the number was lobbed out of like 33,000 buyers in our database. Now, oh, how, yeah. how many are least. actually active? Right, right. Okay, probably, probably I mean, not. It's yeah. going to be a fraction of that because, yeah. you know, like any given time, we probably, there, there are a few of us that probably have a good, you know, 50 to 100 good buyers who are really looking for mm-hmm. something and you've and you've built up because of your listings that your engagements that that you are collecting really good buyers and that's part of this but that's education for you and that also shows you you know I yeah this is hard for this minimum 
commission, right. this was a lot of work and a lot of hours. And where you start to push back and say, yeah, I, I can see why we are trying to get the million, two million, three million dollar deals. Yeah, some of those ones where I look on here and it was the, uh, you know, a minimum deal mm-hmm. of paycheck. And it's like, yeah, that really needs to have another zero. Right, right. <laughs> uh, the amount of time and energy and effort that I put on here. It's hard work. It, it's it is. Work. And, you know, I looked at I looked at the one on here that, you know, was I had both buy side and sell side. It was one mm-hmm. of my biggest, biggest ones. And I was like, man, I earned every penny of that. Yeah. Earned every yeah. penny of that that kind of you walk through these deals. They mm. each have their own life yeah. that they live. And, you know, it's it's not always about, you know, what's that commission check at the end. But you do have to be selective because oftentimes the ones that are the smaller deals, maybe the financials aren't there. The mm-hmm. owner's checked out. The revenue's yeah. declining. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on. Those are the ones that are you work harder on. Sure. And so you're not necessarily working smarter. So, yeah. Can I, I yeah. mean, I've got an example for like the smallest deal that I think for this year. Yeah. The smallest deal done. Yeah. It may not have been the smallest, but the one I can think of right now, Ken closed on last week. And as the newer broker in the office, I gave him this lead as I don't think anybody else in the office is going to want this. This lead came in through our website, but it it was a legitimate business. But I said, okay, Ken, here, call on this. And I thought, there's it'll be good experience. He'll have a, he'll have a discussion. He'll look at the financials, and we'll see. I wasn't, wasn't holding out much hope for it. And he had multiple offers on that thing. I mean, it closed pretty quickly. It was a cash deal. And I had no belief that 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 they were going to be able to sell that deal. That it was just going to be a training exercise. Well, it turned out to be even even better training exercise for, for Ken. So, yeah, he got to go all the way through cashing a check. Right, right. <laughs> he got paid today. So, you know, as you kind of look through here, were there some of these that stood out to you? Like, well, I think, you know, there are, there are some that stand out because they've they've turned out to be new industries for us. We've, we're, we've sold propane businesses. Obviously, we're not just in Kansas City. We're regional. We've done business in, in 17 or 18 states now. So we're involved in, in all kinds of things. We've got logistics. We've got trucking, heating and cooling, construction-related businesses. We sold a trust business. We, I mean, it go kind of on and on through here. I think if you ask me, my favorite deal that closed was one that I was involved with, right? Naturally. Um, because yes. it was my brother's, and that was one that, you know, I had a personal stake in. And, you know, when you're dealing with friends and family and selling a business, it it's challenging. And you've got a lot of emotion, and you're kind of feeling it yourself. We And we do feel emotion when we're dealing with our clients, but when it's family... Or close friends, it's just kind of multiplied. So that one was a very successful deal. Valerie found a great buyer. Who had the biggest this year? Still potential for for this month. Looks like Ron maybe had the largest deal on a propane business, and I believe that was in Texas. I think Debbie's got one under contract now that's over over ten million. So there's 
there's a lot of good activity. And, and the other thing about where we're at right now is people have worried about, well, what's happening with the economy and how's that going to impact the business? And I'm, I'm not worried. I'm, I'm encouraged. We still have a lot of buyers looking for for deals and financing sources ready to move forward. So, But you had deals. I did. And I'd like to find out from you on your deals, like what did what did you learn? Like if you picked out one that was like a real a, a real hard deal to work through, your most difficult deal, what made it that way? And and then I'd like to hear about a, a positive case. I think the thing that makes these them all hard is that you're dealing with people, and you're dealing with human emotion. Mm-hmm. I come from a project management background. And I am used to nice and tidy project plans. And I'm used to things going off the rails with those project plans. But boy, they look great on paper. Right, right. (laughs) I think as a, that I learned throughout the year is managing timeline expectations. Mm -hmm. That buyer often moves slower than broker and seller believe that they, that buyer should be moving. Buyer is moving at the pace that they think they need to be moving. And I think there's often a disconnect. Buyers underestimate the time that it will take. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That oftentimes the buyers will think, oh, well, okay, I've got two weeks to get a loan, so I can wait 13 days and start making phone calls and then apply. And then it's, you know, it's, it's that easy. And so I think that the deals that fell through was because seller expectations for timeline of buyer mm-hmm. did not match. Right. And it wasn't that the buyer wasn't moving. It was that the buyer had ran into some roadblocks and didn't communicate those roadblocks to us. Right. And we didn't communicate them to the to the seller. Right. Part of the reason why we didn't communicate it to the seller is, what do you want me to tell you? Well, well they, they ran into a roadblock, and now they're, they're looking at another avenue. Yeah. And that avenue yeah. didn't work out, and so they're looking at another avenue, and that one didn't work out. So do you want me to tell you every single time that it's not working out? Yeah. Or I'll come back to you when, when I have something. And there was that, and then just, you know, people's both buyer and seller emotions. The biggest lesson learned is that we need to maintain, we need to be the cooler head that prevails. Mm-hmm. Don't don't you think that the communication? I mean, in our role, like you're 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 right. We're kind of counselors, but we're encouraging ongoing communication. And, and a lot of times, we end up having to set up those meetings or those conference calls or video calls to make sure the message continues and that everybody's on the same page. Otherwise, it kind of goes off the rails. Then they step into a world that's completely foreign to them. Mm-hmm. They don't know the language. They don't know the customs. They don't know the culture. They don't know the timeline. They don't know the process. Mm-hmm. And when they don't know those things, then the anxiety kicks in. Sure. And then we resort to the emotional state of chicken little, the sky's falling. Right. This buyer's trying to screw me. This seller's trying to hide something. Here comes the broker and to save come, the day. Yeah. I mean, so, we kind of that's where we jump in and we have to. And I think what you're mentioning, you know, makes us. We have to keep thinking about how to maybe even we, how we do better at it is, you know, setting buyer and seller expectations and reminding them of that. Because both usually it's the buyer's first time they've ever bought a business, seller's only time they've ever sold one. So it is for it's kind of on, on us to, to make sure that they're they're 
you know, the communication is open and consistent. What, um, else, what else did you see this year that was maybe something that you had never seen before? There's actually, I can think of, of deals that are going on right now where we actually have a deal under contract and the seller's deciding that maybe they want to go on to a different buyer. Not that the buyer's doing anything wrong necessarily, but as we talked about, sometimes these, these things stretch out a little bit. There's a lot of work for a buyer to do, getting financing, having an accountant, getting an attorney, all these things. And so the sellers get anxious and want to start talking to other buyers. That's, and that's really, you know, it's dangerous for a seller to be thinking that way because they just assume there's going to be a second buyer right behind them. As we know, being in this business, that's not reality. Yeah, the grass is rarely greener mm-hmm. on the other side. That it, You know, I guess that's another thing is that when you ask me kind of what, what is something that I've learned, it, when spouses are involved, right, that even though one of the spouses may be the business mm-hmm. and the other spouse is, you know, marginally attached to the business, they both need to be on board. Right. And they both need to be on the same page. Any final thoughts on the year before we uh, before we get out of here? Well, I do appreciate all your sports analogies. Thank you. And I think Thank you. we probably should change the title of this yeah, well, podcast somehow because I think every podcast we do hear sports analogies. You're welcome. So, you yeah, are welcome. You. I'm, you know, to sum it up, I guess this may be one of the last podcasts for the year because of holidays. And so it's been it's been a, a great year. And I, I'm encouraged for next year. I think we've already got quite a few deals lined up for January and February already. Appreciate everyone tuning in, listening to us. We're actually coming up on our one-year anniversary of doing this, so that's that's pretty exciting. We'll have a special and, show. Uh, a special show, all sports analogies. <laughs> <laughs> so head to our website. That's where uh, you're going to find our blogs written by recent guest Stephen Heiner on there. You'll find active listings. You'll find what it is to buy or sell a business, the process that you have to go through. And then, of course, if you're looking to get in touch with any of the brokers here in the office, all of their contact information is out there. And if you are looking at buying or selling a business, we got you, fam. Now my phone's going off. What is Our guy Ryan's calling us. Just tell him. Okay. Take two. So, um, we have some new industries this year. Right, right. I think that was one of the things that I was thinking about when you were asking about what's my 